Good morning and welcome to the Social Collective's 17th podcast. Whoa. Wow. Oh my gosh. Okay, so we're really happy to have our good friend and teammate Renee Ventrice here with us this morning. Hi, Renee. Good morning, ladies. How are you guys? So, Renee, we all know Renee, Cork and Keg Tours, but Renee, there's so much going on with you. You are just a wealth of knowledge, and we're so happy to have you here to share all of your wisdom and things you've learned across the years with us as the collective population. Mm -hmm. So, let's start with just the fact that you own Cork and Keg Tours. You've won many, many awards. You are, I don't even know what you're doing with Meta. But you're like traveling around doing documentaries <laughs> and people are coming here to film yeah. you on site. It's crazy. You're like, you're just totally blowing up. Sky's the limit for you. But you also have started a new business. What is this new business that you've started? Yeah, well, thank you so much, Lisa. And yeah, lots of great things are going on. You know, everything comes because of all the hard work that you put in to get onto a radar. And yes. once you do that, you can't just put it on, you know, auto pilot, you still have to continue working, but at least you're working into a space where you're being noticed by the people you want to see you. So yeah, when we started Court and Keg Tours, we always knew we were going to have an exit strategy for five to six years out. And here we are today. Uh, did not expect it to be as successful as it is having six employees now, hoping to have eight in the coming year. So we are hiring, uh, you know, people to be our tour concierges. But what happened during the shutdown during COVID was since I couldn't do tours, I started to help other people with their social media and, and getting their businesses off the ground since there was a lot of disconnect. It was actually in the collective where I saw so many people asking questions about, oh my God, I want to start a business, but you know, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do these things. And I thought, well, let me raise my hand and help people because I don't have anything to do right now. I can't do my and tours. And you really were helping people because I remember you were just charging what people felt that they wanted to donate. To, yeah, to yeah. either veterans moving forward or you or whatever it was, but it was, they weren't really charging people. No. Yeah. So I was, I was doing it and I was just telling people, yeah, pay me what you think my advice was worth and raise money for veterans moving forward that way for them making a donation. Either they gave it to me and I donated it to them or they donated directly to the charity because I really wasn't, I mean, I wasn't looking at it as a revenue stream. I was literally just trying to stay busy and relevant while my business was possibly going to be shut down forever. So yeah. So during that time I started mentoring people, helping them to start their business or jumpstart their social media. And it started to become a passion and it became more of a calling as well because so many more people came out of the woodwork that needed help. And I thought, I can do this. And people who are you know, listening to my advice are actually thriving. So maybe I do know how to do this. So it became the exit strategy. Once Cork and Keg Tours has its next journey of growth, uh, however that works out, I'm going to be taking myself into a further place of being a mentor, being a business coach. I'm starting off this year with the 2023 Young uh, Entrepreneurs Academy Ooh. as one of those mentors. I'm very, very excited about my mentee and helping her to get her business off the ground. So yeah, so there's just, there's a lot of misinformation out there. A lot of people out there who just kind of regurgitate the same old things that you can Google and everybody just, you know, is following this path. And I've been able to succeed and do what I've done not following any of that. And people need to really understand that, yeah, there are some basics that you want to set your foundation on, but there are things that are really specific to you, your personality, your industry, your audience mm -hmm. that are not this cookie cutter, be on these platforms and post this every day and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, so I like to bring that original flair to 
kind of messaging that's out there already for social marketing for well, micro I businesses. That. I love that. And we also have with us Leslie Racinos with Local SEO. Hello. And we have Alina Gardizi Hello. with The Great Escape. That's me. <laughs> so we're all small business owners here. I own Artisan Plumbing. So one of the things we were talking about earlier is exit strategy. Mm-hmm. And Alina, do you have an exit strategy for the Great Escape? Do, do you have I'm an escape on, plan for the Great Escape? <laughs> I'm on autopilot, which I know I shouldn't be um, until I open the new one. But no, because the exit strategy is hopefully Allian takes over one day and, you know, it is what it is. But we just started. We're on year two. We bought a business that was already running. So for us, it was a little mm-hmm. different situation. Plus, my husband works full time. That's where the money really is coming in. Yeah. So this is just money for me to go to lunch with you every day, Lisa. <laughs> Wait, we don't just lunch. I know. And breakfast <laughs> and dinner. Oh, we <laughs> double lunch. And well, we, we need a double gym, but I, know. I do. That's but, a different story. So it's 2023 hasn't started. What you what you just said, Alina, about, you know, you bought a business that was already in and your mm-hmm. husband's, you know, job is what pays the bills. And this is something, you know, something that maybe it's a passion project or something that just helps to establish your future. Mm-hmm. We did our business the same way. We did not, um, well, when we started Cork and Keg mm-hmm. Tours, it was going to be a full-time thing because my husband, Don, had gotten laid off the day after we dropped our son off at WVU oh for college. Oh, oh yeah. Gosh. We dropped him off That's on Saturday. We stopped him off on Saturday, cried all day Sunday, oh. and then Monday, he uh, got the call that said, yeah, we're going to let you go. So oh. it was, believe me, the best thing that ever happened to us. But, you know, he's like, you know what? I've been in this industry forever. We're both Navy veterans. We know people. He took off. He did honeydews, hung around the basement, binge watching, you know, Walking Dead, whatever. <laughs> um, did some great things around the house. Right. Um, but, you know, he thought that new job was just going to, was going to materialize since he's never been without a job since he's, what, eight years old? But the new job wasn't coming. Mm-hmm. And it was either too far away or the money wasn't right or the position wasn't right. So at a certain point when we were just a month away from, you know, the severance package running out, Cobra running out. He's like, okay, I'm sick of being one jerk's opinion away from not paying my own mortgage. We need to do something to get financially secure on our own. So we decided that we, well, first we were going to try to become franchisees. So we looked into buying in the franchise. Um, We started the franchise questionnaire and like, Partway through it, it just kind of put a red light on me and said, stop, you are not cut out to be a franchisee. You would be a nightmare. Go someplace else. But you can't You can't be a franchisee. And it's because I don't color within the lines. I don't like to follow anybody else's rules. I'm an entrepreneur. And a lot of people out there are going to relate with that. Like whenever you go to a job where you're working for somebody else, one of the first things you do once you get to know the company is think about how could I make this better? Right. And sometimes that's welcome. When I was in the military, it was not welcome. <laughs> right. Oops. <laughs> yeah, and so, but a lot of times it's not. And so, when you have that mindset, you eventually have to have your own business, and that's where I that's where I ended up. So that's when we thought, you know, we know wine. People are always asking us for recommendations. Let's make our let's make a wine company doing it like we do when we go on our vacations in wine country. I love that. And so, yeah, so we started it from a passion. And then, of course, right after we got the VA loan and put out all the money for the business and started building the vehicle, he got a full-time job, So, wow. um, which he's still out today. So then it became a side gig. And luckily enough, we didn't have to struggle financially mm-hmm. to keep the business afloat. But COVID, if it had gone past September, we were not going to be able to continue to finance paying for the business um, right. and it was going to have to die. So It wow. does. I mean, I think COVID affected a lot of us that way. I Even, agree. you know, I, the, the couple I bought the escape room from, they had started a nonprofit arm and rented the downstairs space from the monastic rooms. And 
made like a childcare type thing for it, and COVID killed it. Mm-hmm. And so she couldn't afford nine thousand in rent every month. Yeah. All of a sudden, and I still get calls to this day. Like, do you guys still do babysitting and childcare? And I'm oh. like, well, no, we never did it. That was separate. <laughs> and no, we don't. And yeah. but it's crazy how many people it did affect, and all these places that are closing. But people did have to find things like, you know, so, online games. and Absolutely. And it actually had the opposite effect for anybody who was, you know, had the, the bandwidth and the agility to figure out, okay, well, what do I do with the way this new world is going to work? And that's where my new brands came in. But like with you, you know, you said you guys had just gotten started. You don't have to know your exit strategy right away because you really need to see what those first couple mm-hmm. of years um, become. Because what if it does expand? What if you do end up, you know, franchising or, you know, getting a bunch of locations. We had thought about franchising right in February 2020, and I was actually talking to franchise consultants, and then the bad thing happened. But it ended up being the best thing ever for our business because we found ways to be even better when we returned, and it also made Gobi Grape, Mm -hmm. which is my brand for social marketing coaching and also for wine tasting events, Mm -hmm. so team building and things like that. But that would never have come if I had been busy doing tours the entire time, and we took that opportunity to really look at what the new world would need if there was another shutdown. Mm-hmm. Do I have a virtual component of my business? And now I do. Right. So, and that's been what's been able to take me into now being able to partner with a great guy from a marketing farm. He used to work for the government for Loudon, helps me with grant proposals, things like that to keep us afloat. And now his name is Brian Tinsman Mm -hmm. and he and I are actually launching workshops together in January called Pounce Pro. So we can help small and micro business owners who couldn't necessarily afford these thousands of dollars a month Mm -hmm. that sometimes you have to, you know, charge, uh, that you are charged from marketing companies to really get a handle on their marketing and on their social media, and also to understand who do you hire. If you do decide you want to hire somebody mm-hmm. else, how do you pick those persons? What do you ask? Right. And the problem becomes a, a lot of small businesses hire the wrong firm or ask the wrong questions so they don't get what they need. Mm-hmm. So we're just trying to empower micro and small business owners with these workshops to really understand what they need, how to ask for it, and how not to overpay for it in both time and revenue. So and necessary. So necessary. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I want to ask you, yes, Leslie, do you have an exit strategy? I'm sure Chris does. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <laughs> well, it's so important, like you know, Renee was saying, yeah. because we are on year almost 20. I think this That's May awesome. it'll be 20 That's years awesome. for us. Wow. And we are looking at, you know, retirement in the next decade. And so we're not necessarily looking at an exit strategy at this moment, but mm-hmm. it is something we wish that we had started 20 years ago. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. it is, you will look at your business totally differently when you're looking at selling it or passing it on than you do when you're running it on mm-hmm. your own. Right. Oh, absolutely. Because when you're running it, you find all these workarounds and ways to get around it, or you know how to do whatever it is, but could you teach somebody else that? Right. So we started making sure that our business was becoming turnkey in, mm-hmm. and also setting up the brand recognition and the brand awareness in all different wine regions, not just here in Loudoun County, but in Southern Virginia, in the Finger Lakes, in Oregon, in California, just in case we decided we wanted to do, in Tuscany, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's amazing. So just in case we did want to make it something that expanded to those regions, we make sure that people already know about us. So when we go on vacation in Sonoma and Napa and we say who we are, people actually say, oh, my gosh, I heard of you guys. 
A lot of times it's from the USA Today. We've been in the top 10 wine tour companies in the nation three years in a row, 2020, 21, and this year. So things like that really just get people to get your brand into their brains. And so it helps when it's time to expand that you're not a total stranger. So what's your advice for businesses that are kind of new like me that, need to start thinking about this or Leslie and haven't really started thinking about it? Like what's the first thing we should look at or take into account? Yeah. So there's two things. The first one is your backend processes. Get rid of as much admin that is not relationship building as you can. Make sure that you're using efficiencies to answer all those basic questions that really like tire kickers are just how much do you cost? Where do you service? You know, just, just those basics. What we're going to teach at the introductory workshop on January 11th is going to be some of those efficiencies, Mm -hmm. how you can actually have your Facebook, your Instagram, your website answer those questions Mm -hmm. directly to people. They're still feeling like they're communicating with somebody, but you don't have to even lift a finger to now talk to someone until they're already at that next phase of closing, of Mm -hmm. buying in with you. So set up efficiencies, set up your back end to be easily taught to somebody else and use as much automation as you can without taking away from the relationship building. So I'll never use automation to build Mm -hmm. the routes for cork and keg tours because we customize those based on what do you like to drink? Are you loud and crazy or are you quiet and want wine education? Mm-hmm. So that's a relationship or building. Or beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wineries, breweries, meters, all the drinkeries. So yeah, so you want to keep the things that build a relationship, but you want to get rid of as much admin as you can, automate that. And then the second part of it is, so that's behind the scenes. On the front of the house, fire fast, hire slow. Mm-hmm. Make sure that whoever it is that you're putting on your team is not just, I'll just keep them around just until I can get the right person because they can tank your brand. Mm. It only takes one person to misrepresent. Lord have mercy. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Somebody say amen, hallelujah. Mm. Yes. <laughs> and when the crowd said amen. Yeah, you know, when that person could tank your your brand and, and you have to do a lot to recover from that. So when somebody is not a right fit, follow your spidey senses, follow your gut. Get rid of them as soon as you can and take over their responsibilities if you can. And when the right person comes along, do everything you can to protect them and value them. Mm -hmm. It's not just about money either. You know, just getting a shout out on social media for a great team member, uh, a gift card, uh, surprising them with just a little package that just says, thank you for being you, whatever. Just texting. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to spend a lot of money. You don't. It doesn't. It's not always about a raise. Value the people on your team, and then the third part is your community. So you've got your infrastructure, you've got your team, and now you've got community. Philanthropy is the best way not only to give back and feel good and do things for good, but to also make sure that people in your community, your neighbors, your clients understand that you care about where you live. You're not just out there to get in their pockets and mm-hmm. grab money. Yeah. You also put something back into the community and. Pick the charities that mean something to you exactly. and, and, and places that are on brand with you and be a part of that. Make yeah. sure that you, you, you set that up. One of the things I love about the collectives is that is our priority. Mm-hmm. I mean, so everybody here at this table right now, we all have charities that we support. You know, Leslie, every single time we have had any kind of fundraiser or anything like that, Leslie is one of the first people to pop up and to donate And I'm always telling her, no, that's too much. Leslie, stop. (laughs) (laughs) And Leslie's like, no, I want to help. But yeah, she donates her time. She donates her money. She donates her skills and her passion and her friendship. So this is the team that we are building. You know, Mm -hmm. Alina, the same thing. And you as well, Renee. This whole team, you know, Aaron over there, we all believe in exactly what you're saying. And I can see the reward from it. It's 
everybody has their different reward. Mm-hmm. Mine is this friendship. You know, it's the joy of giving back. And I think as a community business owner, you can also be a community builder 100%. through philanthropy. And I think it's important to remember it doesn't have to be financial. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of members in our team that might not be able to donate financially, but they're there. They're on it. They show up. They make sure they do whatever they excel at to provide the service and elevate the brand and mm-hmm. what we're doing. They show so, up. Yeah. yeah, we're grateful for that. Well, because Absolutely. every nonprofit that we have talked to, what is the number one thing that, you know, of course. Mm-hmm. Awareness. Right. Besides but money. awareness yeah. and volunteers. They're always in need of volunteers. Awareness 100%. is such a huge, 100%. huge thing. I didn't even know about Echo until somebody mentioned it to me about her story with Echo. And now it's like, I feel like everybody knows about mm-hmm. Echo. You know, yeah. it's it's not just people who give a dollar or even their time. It's sharing the post, liking the post, commenting on the post, encouraging the people who are volunteering. Right. Being yeah. that voice. Yeah. You know, one of the things that happens with the collective that I love is that you do do a great job of putting awareness out there of sharing the mission. And one of the things that I've done, because as a small business owner, especially if you have a, something that's as sexy as winery and brewery tours, mm-hmm. people want donations for raffles and auctions all the time. And you just can't give to everybody. So I actually developed a, what's called Charity Crush, which is a philanthropic marketing campaign. Mm-hmm. So listen, do not have any guilt about making sure that you get something back for your business when you're doing something that's going to support charity. Because remember, you're putting your time, your resources, your, your, you know, your money, your platform, your brand, you're doing a lot of things for people. So it's not, it's not a bad thing to make sure that you're being supported that way. So my philanthropic marketing campaign actually gets a lot of different charities to come together and compete for a great big prize. But there are little prizes all along the way, but everybody gets awareness raised for their missions. Facebook Lives, shout outs on our platform, which has, you know, over 5,000 followers on my page. And a lot of them are very engaged. And, you know, 90% of them live within 20 miles of here. Mm-hmm. So it's really, really great to be able to reach into a hyper-local community that will connect with whatever your charity is. So I do that instead of doing all of the you know, little tiny donations mm-hmm. to all these places. Look, I'm going to give a massive donation to one, but I'm going to give some good ones to all. And yeah. I have something new coming up where there's going to be a monthly donation Ooh. in collaboration with other wineries, breweries, other, you know, adjacent businesses. So that's Very exciting. Nice. Yeah. 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 Got to find creative ways to give so that you can be a part of the community, but not break your own bank and be able to give impactfully. Mm-hmm. There you go. You know, my exactly. $10 swag bag is not nearly as impactful as my $600 mini tour. So, mm-hmm. so, yeah, so it's really cool. So I would like to ask you some questions. Okay. Um, Ooh, Alina, actually, do the can you do one? that? We have some fun questions okay. for you. Oh, well, no. for, they're for all of us. For, yeah. So we always <laughs> pick them out of this box, which is what I was doing earlier. Mm-hmm. Would you be more afraid to be trapped on a rope bridge over a canyon or in a dark, cramped cave? Oh. Oh. Mm, dark, cramped cave for me. Really? Oh, yeah. That's what the one you're more afraid of? And bugs and animals. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm happy on a rope bridge. I'm yeah, fine with I'll that. do the rope bridge. I agree. <laughs> what about you, Renee? I would be very comfortable in the cave because I'd feel like I was being swaddled by the darkness. Oh. And I would just sleep until somebody shined a light. So, yeah, I would be, I would rather be in the cave. If I was on the rope bridge, I would just jump off. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. I would just end it. Yeah, that's a tough <laughs> oh, my <one>. gosh. <laughs> Yeah, but the cave, I, I could just fall asleep. So, yeah. Oh, my God, no. I'm terrified of heights. Oh. I don't So like you would heights. pick the cave, too? But then I'm 
I don't like the dark either. <laughs> well, okay, but it's cramped. Yeah, yeah. I think the claustrophobic get, part would freak me I, out. Yeah, I'd probably hyperventilate myself to death or something. Oh my gosh, like, this is not a fun question <laughs> anymore. I feel, like I feel like you're a rope bridge. You're the cave. I'm the rope bridge. Definitely the rope bridge. I don't do bats yeah. or bugs or any of Nature. that. Nature, yeah, period. I, yeah, I'll probably <laughs> Okay, let's get another jump. question. <laughs> oh my gosh. I didn't read that one carefully when I was looking through. <laughs> okay. Who in this room has a tattoo? Not me. Not no me. No one. Oh my gosh, you guys. Do you? Renee, you don't have one? I have six tattoos. Ooh. Ooh. There you go. Aaron's not in this room, but he's raising his hand. I know. He has tattoos. <laughs> my husband's skin is more covered with ink and hair than it is <laughs> naked. So yeah, so he is, yeah, we are a tattoo family. Oh, that's cool. What's your yeah. favorite one Oh, for you? So here's the thing. They all represent something, Special, right? My yeah. very first one I got when I was 18. I was visiting my friend in England and uh, we were hanging out with her neighbor and we were all drinking tequila, which I don't do anymore. But he, <laughs> he, said, he said in his little Cockney accent that he had never tattooed a black bird before, me being the bird. And he's like, I'll, I'll tattoo you for free. And I was like, Okay, so being a dumb 18-year-old, 17-year-old, actually. So it was a unicorn's head on a cloud, right? But that's a story to tell. Look at that. Well, the bad part about that Uh was I put my first boyfriend's name in the cloud. Oh, I know. (laughs) It said forever Rob in my tattoo. Oh, my gosh. I'm dying right now. Yeah. So then after I was no longer. Did you know this? Okay. So after Rob, you know, he... After that debacle, I was engaged to somebody else while I was in boot camp. Right? Not boot camp. I'm only going to date school. Robs from now yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. Your name Rob. Yeah. So the next guy, you know, he sees the tattoo and he's like, oh, no. So we go to the outside of the base gate and we get the, the Rob filled in. What so was his name? His name was Scott. Totally different. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not so, even close. Yeah, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't fake it. But, you know, he was like, no, you never put somebody's name on you. What are you doing? So they got rid of the Rob inside the cloud. But now it just looks like a scratch. It was already a terrible, ugly tattoo. <laughs> that relationship failed. Hey, you get what you pay for. Oh, <laughs> oh it was worth every penny I paid for. <laughs> so then fast forward to Don, who is like a tattoo guy. I mean, he loves tattoos. He knows the art. And they all mean something. He sees this tattoo. He's like, oh, no. So we're stationed in Spain at the time. We go to his tattoo guy in Spain and he just expands the unicorn's head, you know, and, and works in, you know, all the terrible elements of my bad tat. And then he makes it so that in Chinese, it says my dreams become reality in the main. Nice. So, I love that. Yeah. So that tattoo was all me. And then I got, I have a yin yang tattoo that is Dawn and myself. And then I have a dog paw print Aww. that is our puppy. And all of us got our dog's paw. I was going to say, I saw that pose. Is that Beamer, yeah. like your son Beamer. posted about Aww. all getting matching. And my sister's like, why can't we be like them? I was like, well, I'm terrified of needles, so I am not getting a tattoo with you, but. It, feels, it, it actually feels kind of good. And, you know, especially once the needle comes off, you don't feel anything. But, yeah, we all got the dog's paw um, because, you know, so we put and we put it where he, like, does things to us. So, Aww. like, he holds down my husband's foot and licks his ankle or his feet for Aww. hours if you let him. It's so disgusting. <laughs> So he's got the dog paw like on his ankle. And Aww. then Gino has two paw prints on his ribs because when Beamer sleeps with him, he pushes oh him with his feet gosh. to be connected to him. So he's got that. And then I have mine here because Beamer is always like, tapping me on the wrist, you know, like, mom, mom. Okay. Mommy, I have to mama. say something about Beamer. 
Literally, this dog should be studied because <laughs> Beamer is the most handsome, cutest. How old is he? He's like 18? 16 and a half. Okay, and mm-hmm. he literally looks like a puppy. And he is the smartest dog. Like, smart. insane. If you don't come in and, and greet him, he'll remember that. Like, the dog <laughs> is like a person. So smart. So, so personable. I love Beamer so much. Beamer Aww. loves you, too. He always brings you a toy, and he can Aww. do, like, 15 tricks. You know, you just hold a treat over his head, and he just goes into a whole routine. So, <laughs> so he yeah. doesn't age. No, he's a little he Benjamin good. Buttons dog. But he is going, he's either going deaf or he stopped caring what we have to say. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> I feel like I'm on that. <laughs> well, if he doesn't care what you're saying, he knows you better care what he's saying because he's definitely got a lot to say. He tells us what to do all the time. He's awesome. Yeah. He's the light of our lives. Okay. So let's see. I think we have one more question. Um, No, I want to keep on this one and say, if you could get a tattoo, what would you guys get? Oh. Um, That's a hard one. It is a hard one because it would, I did say if I ever do get a tattoo, it has to be something meaningful. Mm -hmm. And so it'd have to be like, you know me, I'm an overthinker, so like a lot of thinking about that one. <laughs> it could be a light bulb. Maybe like, maybe like the El Salvador flag or Argentina. Yeah, I don't like them that much. <laughs> Argentina? No, not that much. Oh Soccer gosh, ball? I want a butterfly. Let's go get butterfly mm, I don't know because, you know, like I love the collectives and I, want I love the whole butterfly. thing. But, you know, 20 years from now, we might all hate the collectives. But that's how we met and we'll still be best friends. So it's not going to change. But also don't forget a Butterfly goes through that metamorphosis, so the butterfly is there not what go. it was when it started. So even though it started off as a caterpillar, it became a butterfly. The collective start off as a butterfly. You might go back to being a caterpillar. Oh, I mean, no. you know, so, so there's a whole there's a whole process with butterflies that doesn't have to represent just one so thing. So like my my sister, she got so we found a letter that my dad had sent my mom with his signature on it. And she was able to get that signature tattooed. That's cool. And so if I do something like that, it would definitely be something in remembrance of my dad. Yeah. Um, But I'm just like, oh, I don't know. I just haven't done the jump yet. Yeah, all of my tattoos have meaning. I've got a koi, which Don has all three of our family members as koi fish um, as tattoos. And then I've also got... Oh, I, my, my next tattoo will be the one that represents me and Gino. Um, so when he was 10 years old, he said, Mom, I'm a big boy now. I'm too old to be hugged and kissed. Good night. <laughs> yeah, this is at 10. And I was like, okay, I don't like hugging and kissing your smelly little butt anyway. <laughs> so I was, like, I was like, okay, well, we don't have to. I said, well, what if we do a fist bump as our, as our kiss mm-hmm. and then a hug? You know, we each, you know, hold each other's hand, you know, hold each other's fist as a, as a hug. So he's like... We can do that. Aww. So since he, he's 24 now, so um, since he was 10 years old, that's what we did. And if he ever held my hand a little extra long in a hug, I knew that meant there was something on his mind. Aww. So we would do something that we called doing laundry because we were actually doing laundry. Oh. And, but what it really was, was unpacking whatever it was that was on his mind. So he doesn't have to look me in the eye and Aww. sit down and like have an interrogation, but we'll be sorting clothes and folding clothes and he'll talk about whatever's going on at school or whatever's bothering him, whatever. So when we dropped him off at college, he actually let me give him a hug and a kiss goodbye. Yay! 
And I'm walking away from him, and he, and he goes, Mom. And I turn around, and he puts his fist out. Aww. Oh, my God. Oh, so sweet. Oh, start the waterworks. Two tears. Yes. So the tattoo is going to be some sort of artistic rendition of, you know, me holding him, Aww. but also him holding me, you know? so That's so that awesome. That's going to be the last tattoo, next tattoo. I can't say last. <laughs> There's no last tattoo, right? Mm-hmm. right. From what I've heard. Right. What about, well, what about you, Alina? What would you get? I would definitely, a butterfly is something I've wanted for a while, Tina, and I've been talking about it. And not just the collectives, but the friendships it represents. I did get my family out of it. So it's a different, you know, situation. It's not only about doing okay, good. Okay, if I get a tattoo, yeah. I'll go with you and Tina. And we'll get butterflies. And we'll get butterflies. <laughs> Yay. Um, and the other would be an infinity symbol with Alion and then my twins' names. Oh, Actually, lovely. I was thinking about it as we were speaking, and I think I would get a tattoo. I would get a sunshine Ooh. because that reminds me of my son, Ivan. And then I would get a marigold For Jake. because that reminds me of Jake. And I would get a rocket ship because that <laughs> reminds me of Dane. And I would get I a cup that. of hot chocolate because that reminds me of Patty. Aww. So I would have little, almost like a charm bracelet. That would be yeah, so pretty. pretty. I feel like we need to go buy charm bracelets now. I know. That is, that That's is so, so special. You could that somehow put special. all of those together in one very cool tattoo. Tattoo, yeah. We'll have to figure that out. Some kind of a mosaic looking oh thing. Oh my gosh. I'm sure so if you give any tattoo artist... Be like, this is exactly what I want. Yeah. They'll put it in something. Yeah. So fun. Well, you guys, like Corey Wheeler's donation for the tea, people were fighting over, like, who was going to win that. I know. It's crazy. Oh, was it a tattoo? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he donated a tattoo. Yeah. And tattoo. Nancy Tessman won it. Yeah, and she's oh, wow. really excited. That's awesome. Good for <laughs> her. I think I'm going with her when she goes. Okay, so speaking of Christmas, a lot of times around Christmas, people tend to get not, you know, mm. it's there's a lot of hype around Christmas. Mm. And obviously, you know, if you're religious and you're a Christian and you believe in, you know, Christ, then there's that purpose, there's that meaning for you. But other than that, there's a lot of materialism that comes with Christmas and that can lead to depression, you know, expectations and family gatherings, all the commercials, all the Hallmark commercials, the Hallmark movies, all of the Toys R Us ads, if that's even around anymore. So depression is a huge issue around the holidays, especially mm-hmm. Christmas. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of the holidays, and I understand those people who just turtle up, go into a shell, and can't wait for December 2nd. Because I'm, I'm one of those people personally, but because of my family and, you know, how important holidays are to them, I push through. But, you know, Christmas wasn't all happy memories for me. Christmas was getting, you know, hand-me-down toys and, you know, showing up at school once wearing a shirt that somebody else had actually donated and being like, ew, you're wearing my old clothes. Well, sorry, we were poor. So, you know, Christmas was just torture for for me a lot of times. Don't get me wrong, being with family, you know, was was fun, but it was once you had to leave your house. It was bad. And so there's a lot of Everybody doesn't have all these fond Norman Walkwell memories of Christmas. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are alone. They've lost everybody in their families or they're estranged from their families. So while it can lead to sadness as well, depression is really more of a chemical imbalance that is misunderstood as sadness. Mm-hmm. So something that a lot of people don't know about me, even though I'm very transparent about it, is that I suffer from depression. And once I started to see depression as something that you treat like a broken leg or, you know, the flu or something that you do something about. Once I started to accept it as that and also that it didn't make me weak and also that I couldn't just 
pray it away. I couldn't mm-hmm. just um, wait for it to pass. You have to actually do things to make sure that you heal from it. It's always a part of you. So being able to accept that has really helped me to deal with the trauma that triggers, I hate that word, but it's the best word for it, that actually activates a depressive state. And sometimes the more I'm smiling, the deeper my actual depression is. Mm. With Twitch, you know, Stephen Boss, who recently, yeah. uh, as, of, as of you know, the time that we recorded this, had committed suicide it blindsided everybody because it he really was did. so positive and he was such a bright light and he seemed to have it all. But that kind of pressure is something that a lot of people can't take. And men especially have a hard time reaching out and asking right. for help because they think of it as being, you know, weak. So, you know, that, that person who's the strongest in your life, that person who's smiling the hardest and doing the most for people, they need to be checked on more than the one who is mm-hmm. sad because my depression manifests itself as me doing so much for other people mm-hmm. that I am... I'm hiding my own anxiety, well, pain, Well, there's also depression. that, you know, message, and it, it's true, but I think that that's true to a point, that giving back brings you happiness. Focusing on other people in service of others helps your sadness, helps your depression. It does to a point, but you need the skills, you need the, the tools, you need the support, you need the time down, you need to actually own it, understand it, and move through it. And find out what your tools are. For, yeah. you know, for me, you know, philanthropy is a big part of who I am regardless. However, it started to become something I was using instead of working through my issues. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's hard to really spot it. For people on the outside, it can be almost impossible to see. Mm-hmm. My husband recognizes when I'm doing it because I am relentlessly going after all these things. I end up with insomnia and, you know, he's like, hey, is it time to go visit uh, your therapist? I'm like, it is. And so I start looking at that as part of my self-care. I no longer see it as, oh, I can't do it myself, so I'm weak. I no longer see it as, you know, a problem. It's, it's a part of me. I have mm-hmm. to embrace that part, mm-hmm. and I have to understand and know what is going to activate that issue. And it's a process. You never get away from it. But I want people to really start to recognize that depression and sadness aren't the same, and that happiness and depression can be related. They're not direct opposites. Right. So it's... Re- And that's part of the reason why I'm such an avid supporter of veterans moving forward. They train and provide service dogs to veterans with um, all of those different emotional challenges, PTSD, depression, anxiety, suicidal tendencies, Mm -hmm. nightmares, night terrors. They train these dogs specifically to each veteran's needs, and they train these dogs and give them to the veterans, no cost to them or their families. So having lost a veteran friend to suicide, having been in a situation where my depression was so deep, I didn't care if I woke up the next day. And by the way, I was in the middle of volunteering and doing all these things when that hit. And I, I hadn't recognized, you know, how deep it was at that time. And I crashed and it was, it was very scary. It was very scary to feel that way. Mm-hmm. And people have to really stop being afraid of that emotion. And if you have it, then just find the right person to give you the right tools. You can manage your depression. Mm-hmm. You can live through it. But also I never want anyone to feel like they can't wish me Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays or Happy Kwanzaa, Happy, mm. you know, Happy Hanukkah, um, because they know that I am kind of grinchy when it comes to Christmas. I don't want anybody to not enjoy their own holiday, but I do want people to be cognizant of, what do you mean you don't like Christmas? 
if you ask that question, you might get an answer. So maybe <laughs> be ready don't. for that answer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe you better don't, you know, even ask that question because, you know, there's, there's a lot of us who just don't, it's, 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 isn't, it's a lot. Right. It, it isn't a anything lot. that brings joy to certain people, even, you know, the family aspect of it when people are estranged from their families. Yeah. So you just have to be careful, you know, I around this time. And vice versa too. There are some people that really, really enjoy Christmas and really love Christmas. Like who, and Leslie? On, <laughs> <laughs> oops. Like me, I really love Christmas. And, you know, then there's people that, you know, are completely opposite and then make me feel bad for liking Christmas too oh, much. No. So, you know, I think, cause I've seen uh-huh. the both sides, yeah. you know, oh, like, yeah. well, I hate this time of year and I'm like, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, well, yeah, I think you know, I like it because yeah. you are super Christmas, which I love. And actually whenever I saw the Halloween, we went walking around for Halloween and uh, P.S. 12-year-olds do trick-or-treat mm-hmm. um, and should. And so anyway, there were a bunch of Christmas lights out at Halloween, and I thought about you. So it's a happy thought. You know, you should be super happy about that. And every time we talk about team meetings at Christmas, I think we need to go to Leslie's, mm-hmm. see her gigantic <laughs> Christmas tree, and oh, let yeah. her throw up Christmas everywhere. Um <laughs> But it's also super great with Renee because that's a good PSA. You know, not everybody feels the same. And we don't need to be like following up somebody's statement with, are you kidding me? Why? That's insane. You know, no, just people be where you are. It helps to create balance. The two of you sitting across from each other right now, (laughs) you know, is very balancing. And what is really good for me as someone who doesn't enjoy, you know, Christmas or the holidays, I always tell people, well, I love that you love it. And exactly. so for you, I say Merry Christmas and know that you brightened my day with your love for it. Aww. But I don't have to love it myself. I can just love that you love it. Exactly. And, yeah. you know? and, and back to depression, I want to say that, you know, as far as mentoring, you you are going to be the and are the most wonderful mm. mentor Aww. for so many reasons, not just business, but personally. Personally, yeah. um, You know, you set boundaries based on, and I think this is the difference between Googling business advice and, and, you know, the plan moving forward, ABCD and talking to a business coach who has lived experience Mm -hmm. and can actually share that with you. Okay. You have lived depression. Mm -hmm. You have lived some of that and you create boundaries that I really admire. Mm -hmm. So you you gave me the strength to say, no, I can't do that. I'm sorry. Um, No, I'm going to take a mental health day or you know what, everybody, I'm going to be out for a week. I have to concentrate on things right now other than service Mm -hmm. to the community. So that was partially because of you. So you're setting the standard out there for a lot of your friends to say no and create boundaries. It's super healthy. Oh, thank you. And important. Well, you know, it's it's hard to do at first, especially when you are a giver, especially when you are someone who built an empire of collectives that was not even your intention when you started it. Um, <laughs> you know, you've, you've made yourself invaluable to people, but that means you have to be invaluable to yourself. And so self-care means self-awareness and making sure that you recognize when you're getting that feeling. You, you know it when it happens. Your heart flutters. Mm-hmm. It's keeping you up at night and, and you're dreading it instead of looking forward to it. It's going into a different place in your in your body, in your mind, in your soul, and you have to address that, and you just have to check out, and the world won't end if you check out for 24 or 48 mm. hours. So, um, you know, knowing that you've got that value, it goes back to that whole thing that I said before about training your replacement. Have people on your team and in your corner who can take care of anything that does absolutely need to be done. Mm. Make sure that somebody else can do it, trust them to do it, and bug out, you know, And take also that time. bugging out. 
helps to sift through the people that aren't really yes. on your team. There you go. You okay. So when you do need a break or you do, like when you were talking earlier about how you had all of these things you were doing and you were volunteering and you were just doing all these different projects and, and then you had that kind of like moment mm -hmm. where you were, that's it. I'm having a crushing depression moment. I don't know how long this is going to last. I'm in the middle of several projects. How do you handle that? Like, did you have a team with you or what did you, how did you handle that? So when that happened, I just let people know that I was going through a hard time. I wasn't going to be available for the next few days. And that's all I said, because it was my first time really owning the fact that I do have depression and always will, by the way. It's just like my therapist from Insight into Action Therapy. It's right here in Loudoun County. Craig James saved my life. I mean, there's a reason he is an award-winning psychotherapist. The perspective was incredible. And the thing that he told me that made a huge difference, and I hope anybody who thinks that they might have depression or is denying that they have it. Think of it like this. If you've got a weak ankle, right? I've, I've had three surgeries on my left ankle. It is not as strong as my right ankle. Certain activities will always make that ankle throb. When my ankle hurts, what do I do? Do I run a marathon? No. I put my ankle up, I put it on ice, I treat it, and I nurture it until it feels, you know, mm -hmm. back up to snuff. But I recognize that it is always going to be a weakness. So know what activities I do are going to, you know, are going to make my ankle hurt, yeah. right? It's the same thing with what triggers my depression. You know, my son is 24 years old. He's a young black man. And when anything happens to a young black man in this world, I feel it more than if it happens to a woman or somebody, you know, who is old or somebody who is not black, you know, so just because that's where my, my, my connection with my son is. Right. So I know that when something like that happens, I need to be aware. And I also had to, once I, I, I need to make sure that I nurture that part of myself that is going to feel it more. The other part I learned, um, and I learned this from having a sister who has struggled with drug addiction, bipolar, schizophrenia, all of those things. In Al-Anon, uh, I learned you're only as sick as your secrets. And so when you keep your depression, your sadness, your anxiety, your, your issues from everybody and think, I can just do this myself, I can handle it, I can handle it, you do yourself and you do them a disservice because they need to be there to be able to support you. Mm -hmm. So after I got out of that break and I let my husband and my son know, look, this is who I am, this is what happens, this is what gets to me, as soon as Twitch's suicide became public, within 24 hours, my son called me from Nashville and he didn't go into, are you okay, blah, blah, blah. He told me all the good things that were happening in his life. He asked me for some advice on some things that he was going through. Um, he asked me what I was doing. He told me how proud he was of me, of these things Aww. that I've achieved, and that I'm the hardest working person he knows, and that um, he doesn't know what he would do without me. Aww. So without coming out and all saying... All facts. Yeah. Yes, oh, for sure. But without coming out and saying, Mama, you go into a depressive uh, spiral because of Twitch... He didn't have to say that. He right. knew what I was going to feel, and he was right there for me. And if I hadn't shared with him what I go through, mm -hmm. he never could have done that. And that mm -hmm. was the most healing part mm -hmm. of my tools. So share with those close to you. If you do find out that you have depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, night terrors, get help, number one, professionally. Find someone to help you. 988 is the suicide hotline. If you're a veteran, dial 988 and then click 1, and that will take you straight to a specifically veteran you know, mm -hmm. a, a hotline because veterans have some different issues sometimes. Mm -hmm. But get that help, and then the ones that are around you that love you, you have to tell them. It is not weakness. You're not a punk. You're not, can I say bitch? <laughs> say whatever you want. <laughs> 
you know? You know, well, some guys like, I ain't no bitch, you know? It's like, <laughs> I, I can handle this. I ain't sad. You know, they all become Mr. T suddenly when they're, when they're sad, you know? But when you share that vulnerability, mm-hmm. it only gives you an opportunity to get stronger. So it's really, if we take anything away from anything today, it's not CourtneyKegTours.com. <laughs> it's not, it's not Um You know, all those things are a part of me, but what it really is, is self-aware, is self-care and share, share your secrets, share your pain, be vulnerable, and it will strengthen you. And if you don't have someone you can reach out to, the four of us are here. Reach yes. out to us. You're um, not alone. The three of you are there. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah. well, Renee, yeah. I'm, ju- no, I'm no, absolutely there seriously. for anyone. Yes. Yeah, and if people say they're not okay, it's okay for them to say that. Help them get through it. If you don't yeah. have the answer, just be there. One it's the, not the end of the world. One of the things that made me cringe the most was, how can you possibly be depressed? You have such a great life. I hate that statement. I don't hate a lot of things. Okay. You know what similarly is annoying? Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Why do you keep saying your husband's such a jerk? He's so great. (laughs) And I'm like. "Eh." Isn't that what you said to me yesterday? I was just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) My husband's awesome. But sometimes he's a jerk. So, you know, just like I am. It's okay. So it's like, come on, people, let's just, that's not the moment. Read the room. We're going to talk about him right now. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Lisa's answer to any statement like that is. I'm sorry he did that, but I think he's a great guy. (laughs) There you go. I mean, you know, you you can't discount just because it's not what you feel or Mm -hmm. what you see doesn't mean that that's that's what the actual reality is. And so to to that, I always tell people and they say, your life is so great. You always seem so happy. I say happiness and depression aren't opposites Mm -hmm. and depression and sadness aren't aren't the same. Mm -hmm. So it's a, you know, it's a chemical imbalance. Would you tell somebody who had, you know, a disease like how can you have diabetes, what's wrong with you? You eat so healthy. Okay, well, diabetes one is actually something that is a part of your DNA and and it has nothing to do with your diet Mm -hmm. or, you know, anything you do in your life. It's actually an affliction that you have. Or people who go, oh, I can't, I'm allergic to chocolate. And they go, oh my God, I would kill myself if I was allergic to chocolate. (laughs) You don't know what you're missing. Good luck. (laughs) I do know what I'm missing because I ate chocolate and that's how I found out I was allergic to it. So thank you for rubbing in my face that I can't have one of life's many pleasures. I appreciate it. (laughs) Okay, so so let's um, do some shout outs. Oh, fun. Oh, I'm going first. You're going first. Dang it. Who am I shouting out? I know you guys think that like we have these pre-planned, but we never do, unfortunately. I'm still Um, thinking of mine. I'm still (laughs) thinking of mine too. I think I have someone. Okay. Carol, I cannot say her last name. Swigart, Swigart. She works for Edges Inc. with just personality tests and team buildings and things like that. And she is just one of the nicest people I've recently met. And I can't wait to see what else she does. She's yes. offered to do team building activities and analysis for us. And they donated a raffle to the Christmas tea and they showed up and were sponsors. But I'm just really excited to see what she does. And my favorite thing about her is that because she deals with so much of this, like she always has a different view on everything. So the way she addresses situations that most of us will probably not be that PC about, you know, it's just really unique. And I think people could learn a lot from her. Great perspectives mm-hmm. that are different than the, than the standard. Yeah. That's a good segue into the conference. That would be a wonderful part Very cool. Okay. Um, I, first of all, want to give a shout out to everybody that messaged me about my husband. He just had gastric bypass surgery. He's in recovery. He's doing great. Last I heard. And so thank you to everybody that 
prayed or even thought of us. Thank you. Also, a shout out to everybody who messaged me when I posted that we were trying to build and expand the Loudon team. There's a lot of people that I will get back to. I have not um, had a minute, but when I do, I will get back to you. And I really appreciate your willingness to help us to serve the community and do what we're doing. But I'm going to give this shout out to Ace Hardware in Percival and Daniela Harris and Larry Harris, who's the general manager, for donating an amazing fire pit with logs to our Christmas tea. A lot of people bid on that. It raised a lot of money. Nice. So thank you so much and for And the doing person that. that won it is very excited to show it off it to his beautiful. wife when she comes back from Hawaii. So, Who yeah. won? Awesome. Um, BCT. Oh, Ben. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so he's very excited. And he has a brand new deck, so he's even more excited. Oh, oh my gosh. Perfect. How perfect is that? <laughs> that is perfect. Who you got, Leslie? I still can't think of anybody. So shout out to everyone. <laughs> Shout out to the Argentina team for winning the World Cup this year. I think I know Leslie's uh, tattoo. It's going to go up one arm and down the other, and it's going to say, Goal! I love that. So, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of tears in my house. I'm glad the World Cup is over so Leslie can come back to planet Earth and focus on us again. Um, But since we did talk about Veterans Moving Forward, Gordon Summer and Lori Sintner over there at Veterans Moving Forward, they're they're just amazing people, amazing organization. And I've talked about them a lot because I truly support their mission and and what they do for veterans Mm -hmm. nationwide. Yeah. Um, And so they're just, you know, we we help them out. We volunteer um, here and there for them. And I just can't say enough great things about them. So they're amazing. Listen, those dogs are over a hundred thousand dollars when it's all said and done because they continue caring for them even after they're placed with their veteran. So when you're talking about what Vets Forward does, they fully invest in changing and saving the life of not just that veteran, but their family. Mm -hmm. So just a quick, because of what you just said there, the stories of the veterans that I've met who have gotten these dogs are what made me a volunteer Mm -hmm. from day one. And the most recent one, was a guy who got his dog and when he walked in to Vets Forward, he was on 20 medications. He was suicidal. He had tried to commit suicide three times. He you know, was bent over. He was surly and angry. He didn't even think it was going to work. The dog hadn't even been assigned yet because they didn't know if it was a good fit, but that dog recognized that in him. The dog chose him. Fast forward six months later, he writes to Vets Forward and says, I am off so many of my medications. I can go to my kids' baseball games. I can be a part of my community. I can go to the store without feeling, you know, scared. I can do all these things. I'm sleeping. This dog has saved my life. And so while it's one, four paws at a time, one dog at a time, one veteran at a time, the spiral effect of what they do for vets to be a part of their families again, for their families not to have the anxiety and the fear over their veteran and, 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 and the problems they're having, and their impact on the community. It's amazing. So it's, it's an expensive, expensive mission. They deserve every single penny that they can raise. So we raise money for them all year long. That's so, amazing. Thank you for shouting Who's your yeah. shout-out, Renee? My shout-out is going to be... So, like, for my, for my personal life, of course, inside into, into action, save my life. But for business, it's got to be Muhammad Bernie from Mango Creek Love and See Me Confections. Okay, can I tell you guys? So, Muhammad, he is just, he's a big-hearted guy. His wife is just lovely. <laughs> they are just the nicest people. But he's very committed to the quality and doesn't want to sacrifice quality. Oh, yeah. And also, like, ideas. I brought up to him after spending four days in a hotel room with my husband. <laughs> I was like, Muhammad. 
here's a problem. The hotels give you a stupid little sewing kit that nobody uses, <laughs> and uh, they could really be giving air freshener instead. So you need to make some kind of a travel thing, a kit that you know has that. So he came up with this cool design. So then he showed it to me. I'm like, oh my God, that's awesome. And I was like, what if you were to make this private label, like if you were to put my brand on it, I would give this out to my guests on my tours. And he's like, give me just one minute. And he goes back again. And a few days later, he comes up with this great, great product. So he is definitely somebody who has got the ingenuity, the innovation, the lack of ego in his business to really listen to other people um, on what might be a great thing to have. And he makes it happen. And he's just such a joy to work with. So kudos to you, Mohammed. Thank you for all the great swag and all the wonderful candles. The, what is it in Berlin? It's coffee in Berlin. Oh my gosh, I love that one. Oh, I love them. And I've been using his rose spray every morning. It's so nice. I love it. Yeah. So he did, I was a table sponsor for the tea and he did my gifts for my table and I mean I told him I was like Mohammed I need something I have no idea what I want he's like how about this perfect done Mm -hmm. he's (laughs) great so yeah somebody looking for somebody so in the interest of time let us go ahead and do events let's events yeah Mm. so it is our Christmas teas I have uh, wrapped up so Boo-hoo. <laughs> I'm not crying. But I am looking forward to 2023 and seeing what the collectives has in store. But as of right now, Tyson's Falls Church Vienna Collective will be having their coffee on Monday, January 10th. So that'll be the first one of the year. And they're combining it with Montgomery. And they are combining Ooh, so it with exciting. Montgomery. So that is going to be... And the purpose is really because we want to get the admin there on board with how we do things and how to move forward. And Tina and her team are really going to work with Mia and Zanab to talk about how they can run that group. That's awesome. And you guys cannot miss this coffee because they're planning some amazing surprises. Oh my gosh. I can only imagine what they have. Tina's up there. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So that's going to be Monday, January 10th, and it's going to be at the Oakton United Methodist Church. So please uh, keep your eyes peeled. The the Evite will be out soon. And then Prince William will be having their first coffee of the year, January 11th, which is the Tuesday after. So you can just block out your week. uh, (laughs) Here we go. Again. Should we put louder in that week too? <laughs> <laughs> but those are the two events that we have coming up so far. But stay tuned. As always, you can visit the website for any upcoming events. As soon as we get those evites, there will be Do we have anything with Vadim? Check the website or the Facebook post for that. Okay, but he has an upcoming happy hour, right? He does. Yeah. What month in January? Or? I think it's at Vintage. I believe that he just had his yesterday. Happy so there's hour. not another one planned. So there is not okay. another one planned since we have New Year's. Okay, so Morning. stay tuned. But stay tuned. Loudon, I'm not sure if we have the Loudon date location or yet. location. We're yet. working on the location. We have a date in mind. So, so if you have a location Holler. that can fit <laughs> up to a hundred people for a coffee, let us know. Send us a message. Well, thank you so much for being here, Renee. Thank you. And sharing your wisdom with us. My pleasure. We look forward to hearing more from you in 2023. Oh, you definitely will. You know me. I'm all over the place. And I just want to (laughs) shout out what you guys do, because I don't know if everybody understands what a massive undertaking and how many hours you guys spend volunteering to do this, but also the impact. So we just finished our numbers. And based on what I just saw, the collective, the people who found me through the collective were over $15,000 worth of business for us just this year. Oh my gosh. Last year was 11,000. So yeah, yeah, we track these things. So yeah, so you guys are really making a difference and um, thank you for doing it. Guys, if you haven't done Cork and Keg Tours, 
please do one because I've never been so relaxed in my life. Aww. And I don't even drink. So. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> that. Yeah, she's she's, time. Yeah, she's booked. already booked out already for the year. So right, hurry well, up. Well, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. <laughs> Are we singing again? <laughs> Bye. So go out. Cheers, everyone. Bye. Bye. Mm-hmm.